You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. little bit of a break but we are back today with our 35 and under academy uh, remember this is our inaugural class here the first year and we've got some studs lined up for you guys um, we've got four or five of those interviews done so far and we've got a lot more to go so today we've actually got coach matthew bennett with us uh, we're excited to have him on if you guys are on the twitterverse you know he's a big name in there as far as coaches and he really gets after it every single day. So, Coach, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, a little bit of your background, uh, where you played, where you've coached, and where you are now? Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm the head football coach at 96 High School now. Uh, going into my first year as a head coach, uh, as I was joshing around with Coach Willis earlier, now I'm, I'm from the uh, what we call the good side of the Highway 18 rivalry. Uh, I'm from Gaffney, um, born and raised there. You know, that's where I went. That's where I tell people I practiced a lot more than I played. I wasn't very good, um, but was very fortunate to have adults in my life there that had a great impact on me. When I graduated high school, uh, my, my middle school coach got me out there and I coached at Ewing Middle School, which is one of Gaffney's feeders for five years. and. Um, Coach Rick Phillips, big influence on me. He uh, he got me into it, and then I took the uh, several victory laps in school. So it took me seven years, the old seven-year plan, to get that bachelor's figured out. I changed majors a bunch. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. But the one thing that was always consistent was I really enjoyed being out there with the with the kids and helping Coach Phillips and uh, at Ewing. So. My last two years of college, I coached at Boiling Springs High School when I was finishing my degree at USC Upstate. Uh, when I graduated college, I took my first teaching job at Westwood High School. I worked for Dustin Curtis. He was the head football coach there. Uh, it was his first year as a head coach, so I worked for Coach Curtis his first year. Not really a big Columbia guy, so uh, I got a call in the offseason from Jet Turner. And uh, Jet Turner is, you know, He's well-known in the coaching ranks. He's a legend. He'll be a Hall of Famer as soon as he's eligible. Uh, he took the Woodmont job. And uh, Coach Dockle, one of my good friends who actually works with us now at 96, got Coach Turner to interview me and hired me at Woodmont. I was there with him for two years, helped him turn that thing around. And that spun into uh, going to work for Coach Fountain at Clinton. And I've been there the last four years. And we enjoyed some success there. And, uh, you know, went got to, got it flipped around and got got the big red machine back rolling a little bit. I think we we're twenty four and three in our last twenty seven. Lost an upper state championship last year to a real good Powderville team, but that gives me fourteen years. So I'm relatively young in age, but in the coaching, I've been in it a while. Uh, and this will be my fifteenth season and my first as a head coach here at ninety six. That kind of covers it all up, I think. Coach, how old are you currently? 32. I'll be 33 in September. When did you start coaching? Uh, At what 2000, age? 
I was I just I turned because my birthday's in September, so uh, night I was nineteen. Cool. So that's something that listeners, especially young listeners, you need to understand. Like we've been asking these guys kind of all these questions because Coach Willis and I have done the same thing. We coached in college too, and there's a couple things that keep sparking up that are common between these guys is starting to coach in college and working for some big-time names, some guys that you can learn under. You know what I mean? Coaches hit both of those. Uh, So that's a little bit of Coach's background. We'll go ahead and keep rolling into our first drive. Um, Coach, who are a couple of your mentors? So we kind of said coaching mentors, but if you have somebody just in life in general you want to talk about, that's fine. Well, I mean, you know, in life, in life it's real simple. I got two great parents, uh, my mom and dad, uh, taught me a lot of things that, that helped me develop into the man I am today. Um, I got a great wife. I, I knocked it out of the park on a wife. I'm married now. Married a coach's daughter. She gets it. She hadn't seen me since 6.45 this morning. She knows she's not going to see me until after probably 7, 8 o'clock tonight because we got a long day today. Um, my wife, Jordan, is, is fantastic. As far as coaching goes, you know, I was really fortunate when I was in high school. And like I said, not, not, a good, not a good football player. But still, just being around Coach Strickland, his youngest son, Tommy, and I graduated together. Tommy was a, a good football player. Um, they don't get any bigger names than that um, as far as, you know, big-time names or whatever. Coach Strickland's as good as they come. He's one of the best to ever do it, ain't no doubt. And he had a great staff. Uh, coach Lil John is the offense coordinator at Gaffney. He was my offensive line coach, um, and, and he tried. He coached me just like I was uh, – Denzel Good, who just got done playing the NFL, he coached us all the same, and um, and expected a lot of us on and off the field. And I'll always appreciate Coach Little John for that. Uh, that's that's one of my guys, and then also Coach Perry Woolbright. Um, him and Coach Little John called the offense together. Coach Woolbright was a uh, he was a fire plug. He's he's he still got it, but they I tell them they they don't know these these guys these young kids today they don't know they don't know two thousand. 2008 or 2007, Perry will ride that joker. He'd get after them quarterbacks, boy. That was fun. Uh, but as far as moving on in actual my coaching career, there's too many to name. I'm going to leave out some people that mean a lot to me. I wrote some names down when y'all sent me the thing. The It, it starts with Hal McManus. Hal McManus was our athletic director at Bowling Springs. He's a basketball guy by trade. He coached a little football early in his career, but when I asked a guy that he coached with, I said, hey, how was Coach McManus coaching football? The guy looked at me and said, oh, Coach, he's a hell of a basketball coach. (laughs) I said, but what about football? He said, like I said, hell of a basketball coach. But I learned a lot from Coach McManus about dealing with people, being consistent, uh, just being a leader. Um, Coach McManus has meant as much to me in my career as anybody. and then also winds at Bowling Springs, our offense coordinator, Travis Miller, head coach at Wade Hampton. Travis is another Turkey County boy. He's from Blacksburg. Um, Travis, Travis Miller's as good a guy as there is. I learned a ton from him. Learned a lot of offense from him, like taking a sip from a fire hose, uh, coaching under him. And then Coach Turner, Jet Turner and Travis Miller are the same person. It's just one's double tight, double wing, and one's receivers all over the field, basketball and grass. But they coach exactly the same. It's formations, it's putting your kids in a good spot, uh, and it's outnumbering people at point of attack. Um, 
I learned a lot from Coach Turner and also learned a lot from Coach Turner on how to flip a program and how to be consistent. And when you say something to the kids, you mean it, and they know that you mean it. And sometimes you got to beat a bad guy. Um, you know, Coach Turner, I learned a lot from him. And then the last four years, work at Corey Fountain's a rock star. You, you can't – I can't tell you how good Coach Fountain is. And um, he's a grinder now. Now, if I hadn't worked for Coach Turner, who's also a grinder, if I hadn't worked for Coach Turner before I worked for Coach Fountain, I don't know if I could handle it. Coach Fountain will work you. He'll work you as long as you'll stay. But he is a great man and a great football coach. And I learned a ton from him. And then a guy, and then there's in the coaching community, you know, it's so big and so wide. Guys that I've like one guy that I've never worked for, but I love to death, and I know I can pick the phone up and call him is Dean Boyd at York. Uh, Doctor Dean's been fantastic to me. He's always been there to help. Um, I can't say enough good things about him. And then I kind of got another group where I look at not necessarily contemporaries because I'm not as good a coach as any of these guys, but guys that are not not Doctor Dean's age. Uh, but Lance Helton, he's the head football coach at Jeff Davis High School in Hazelhurst, Georgia. Love Lance. He's the best offensive line coach I've ever been around. Uh, he's phenomenal. I, I talk, I lean on him a good bit. Jason Tone at T.L. Hanna, um, great guy. Me and him get together every offseason and watch each other's tape. And I pick their brains a lot because, you know, we're wing tee principals, even though we're in the pistol. Coach Tone is as good at that stuff as anybody in the world. Him and his offense coordinator, Coach McCauley, I lean on those guys. And then one of my best friends in the coaching world is Jordan Dura, the head coach at Easley. And he's a, he's another – he's a dude, dude. He's, he's fantastic. Uh, you know, we'll get on the phone once once every week or two. And we'll talk 30, 45 minutes, an hour, and just bounce ideas off each other. And it's just good to have that little core group of guys that you know you can reach out to, and they're always going to – they'll give you the good and the bad. And, uh, you know, uh, those are just coaching mentors at kind of every level, I guess. I've been very, very lucky. And I realized it when I was putting it down on paper, like, holy, holy crap, man, look at all these dudes and all the, I mean, just great football coaches that, uh, that I've been fortunate have impacted me in one way or another. I think what you can pick up from what Coach is saying here is you need to surround yourself with good people, and it doesn't always mean guys that are just only head coaches or guys that are you know only offensive guys who are offensive guy or only guys who have won five million games. You got to surround yourself with great people to make yourself great. And I think you know this is a great lead into our next question for Coach, which is why is it important for these older coaches to pour into younger guys or less experienced coaches? You know, we talk – this is something me and Coach Dura talk about all the time. Me and Coach Dura are young by our birth certificate in this world. But Coach Dura started coaching when he was 18, 19, 20 as well. Um, so we've been in it for a while. We're we're young, but we're also kind of – we're getting to the point now we're kind of the old heads because you got the guys now like my outside linebacker coach, he's 23 years old going to be a heck of a ball coach and he's a sponge and he does it the right way where he he's constantly wanting to learn the the kid who's coaching i say kid he's a grown man coaching offensive line at clinton now took my spot jake williams jake played for me at Boyle springs he's 24 years old 
Um, but Jake is constantly, I got, he called me before we got on the phone here. Jake is constantly wanting to get better. And, and, and you gotta, as, as coaches with a little bit of, a little bit of skin in the game and, and been in it a little while, I think you, you owe it to the game. Nobody's bigger than the job that we have. And your job is to do the best you can by the young athletes that are that are under your direction. And I think if you're not pouring into the next generation of coaches, you're not putting the game, you're not leaving the game in good hands. And it's hard to complain about young guy. He's a young guy. He don't know what he's doing. Well, has anybody showed him? Has anybody slowed it down? Well, we talk about it all the time over here at 96. We're slow cooking because we're 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 pouring in. We're, we're throwing a lot on these kids and I'm throwing a lot on these coaches. So I'm not expecting a 180 turnaround from Monday to Tuesday. It's a slow process. It's low and slow, you know, and it's, it's the same. We should look at it the same way when you're an older coach or you, you've been in a little while, you're coaching the coaches as much as you're coaching your players. And as long as a, as long as a young guy, man, if he's willing to get in there and work and, and willing to learn, and got questions, man. I I got all the time in the world for that, you know. As long as, you know, long as long as you know, me and the wife ain't sitting down to supper or something. I'll call you back. I mean, I think if there's one thing people tell you about me is I'll call you back. Um, I, I just think we owe it to the sport and owe it to the profession to leave it in better hands than we got it. And that's not taken away from generation that generation ahead of us. Because like like you've covered in the coaching mentors part of this interview, I've been extremely lucky. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't want for any better. I love all them, I love all these dudes because um, they've they've poured into me and given me more than I could ever give back. And I think that's what your goal should be is be a servant leader and help people that can't necessarily help you because you don't know when that's going to flip. And coach. It's funny, man. You've you've got to this point. Just listen to you. It, it's funny when you get on a new staff, or maybe you're assembling a new staff, or you have some new guys come on staff, and they're a little younger as far as experience. It's almost natural now when you get a, a good amount of years. Because I'm on year 12 or 13 myself. You just want to put your arm around that guy. You know, you want to get him under the wing quick. To where when you were younger, it's kind of like you said earlier. It's like sipping water out of a fire hose, right? It's a lot at once. And when you get a little bit of skin in the game, it gets to the point where you're like, all right, young buck, you know, here's the deal, here's the rules, here's what we do, here's how we do it. And you really start to look out for those younger guys. It's funny how it transitions, right? Like you start out as that young guy, you don't know what's going on, and you get a little skin in the game, and it's like, all right, get under my wing, let's roll. You know, you start looking out for those guys on your staff. Or even like you said, guys outside your staff, you know, you might meet somewhere, out of the blue, maybe on Twitter, maybe to clinic, whatever, through a friend, you want to really show them how to do it and give them that experience too. Yeah, and I look at it, I look at it almost the same as when I when you talk to a college coach about recruiting. I feel I lay my head down at night and sleep good every night. Because if I've told a college coach the truth about a kid, good, bad, and different and we send that kid off to play. I did everything I could and covered my bases. Um, I feel the same way about guys like, you know, Coach Faustino, who y'all are talking to later today 
Um, you know, Falsey, Falsey's coaching at Easley. But before he went to Easley, he coached with me and did the offensive line with me. So every time I talk to Coach Dura, I'm, I'm like, how's my boy doing? Like, and he, he sings his praises. Coach Faustino, he's a rock star too, man. Coach Faustino is a kid magnet. He's a grinder. He's a worker. You know, I check on Jacob at Clinton. I check on those guys more than more than they'll ever know because it, it's important to me that anybody that can link back to me is out there doing a good job. And that's why another reason you got to pour into the young guys, man, because eventually, eventually it'll find its way back to you. And I'll say, well, that guy didn't do a very good job of getting him ready. You know? Absolutely, Coach. So we'll go ahead, we'll take a short break, and we'll go ahead and knock out our air it out segment. All right. Are back here. We're going to start our air it out segment with this 35 and under academy interview with Coach Matthew Bennett. He is the head coach at 96 High School currently. Um, we just want to always remind you guys of why you're listening to this. So the Football Coaches Association of South Carolina has started the 35 and under academy. It is a uh, 15. Uh, big names within the state. Some are assistants, some are coordinators, some are head coaches. And we are getting the chance to interview these guys before our academy day. So the academy day will just be a single kind of professional development deal. We'll have some head coaches, some ADs, some principals in at the uh, Greenville Coaches Clinic, the All Sports Clinic to kind of give us some knowledge. We'll be there as well, Coach Willis and I, and these guys that were selected, they'll drop a bunch of knowledge on us and we'll be able to do a little round table as well. So in saying that, uh, we'll jump into our aired out segment. Coach Willis, what you got for us here? Yeah, um, so, you know, first of all, I wanna say, you know, congrats uh, to Coach Bennett. You know, it's tough for me, you know, you, you come from Gaffney, so it's kind of hard for me to give you some congratulations, but you know, I'll do the best that I can. and. And even strike two, you know, you spent some time at Clinton and, you know, Union and Clinton, they don't really jihad real well either. So, but, you know, I'm doing my best to try to be as excited for you as I can. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, man. You, uh, again, uh, excited for you. Uh, congratulations. And, uh, you know, kind of moving into that. So with the 35 and under Academy, what are you hoping to gain out of being selected for this Academy? Well, I think one thing before I answer that question, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any union union comments. I'll let those. I'll let those lie. But I will say, any like anytime Clinton and Union do anything together, that's worth going to watch because that's that's a, absolutely. There's a lot more heat to that rivalry than people realize. I think. Um, but that was those are always super super competitive. Uh, enjoy competing against those guys. Um, but. Coach, shout out to Shane Fiddler for for all he's doing with his thirty five and under academy. He's another guy that you know he's a phone call away. And he's doing a fantastic job with this, and I think the big thing that I'm looking to get out of it personally is the answers to the questions I don't know yet. Because one thing that I've learned, I got this job on March twenty first. All right, and it coincided with a, a friend of mine that worked with me at Clinton gave me a book to read. He was a, he's a coach. Uh, he gave me a Mark Rick's book that he wrote. And uh, when Coach Rick took the job at Georgia, Coach Bowden, he was working for Coach Bowden at Florida State. He said, Coach Bowden called him in his office and he said, congratulations, Mark, you're gonna do a great job. Be ready for a crisis a week. And 
that has stuck with me because once a week when you're sitting in this chair, you can guarantee there's going to be something that you either A, didn't expect, or B, definitely didn't have a plan for. So I'm looking for to lean on some, some guys that's been in this chair a little bit longer than me and find out things that you don't think about when you're going in those interviews, you know, things that they don't ask you about. Um, everybody's going to get a lot out of like the budgeting thing and, you know, talking about the, the recruiting aspect. And fortunately, Coach Fountain, I learned a lot from him uh, and Coach Alexander, the athletic director at Clinton, who'd been a head football coach for a long time. Like I, I was able to pick those guys' brains a lot on stuff like that. But there's always things that you don't know. That's what I'm, I'm, get, I'm wanting to get the stuff that I don't know. I want to, I want to see how many of those type scenarios get covered in 35 and under Academy. Um, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a wealth of information out there. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, boys, if I know it all, we're in trouble. Uh, so I'm looking to pick up as much as I can and, and just try to try to pick out some new crisis of a week so I can have a plan for them. Absolutely, Coach. That's one thing I'm curious of, too, especially uh, those sessions, like you said, the budget session, things that football coaches don't really think about, right? Um, everybody wants to be a head coach, you know, kind of in the position you are now, but nobody really understands what it takes. And fighting fires, right? I mean, if you could have one job, Tyler's probably fighting fires every day, all day, right? The little bit of coaching ball you get is probably the best part of your day. Well, I'm very fortunate that uh, the the way our staff is set up that I'm still able to coach the offensive line and I've got a lot of really good assistants that if we're going defensive emphasis I can be a little later getting to practice during the summer because I can stay back and look at watch our middle school guys because it's important that your middle school guys see you there and got a great middle school staff I mean we're in a, I'm in a really good situation at 96 I couldn't imagine how some guys get thrown in this seat at places that aren't as fortunate um, to have the support that we have here, I, I, I don't see how they could do it. But, you know, I can tell you the difference between being an assistant head coach, I think talking to Rich Pop, we were, we were at the Palmetto Combine series. I was talking to Coach Maloney from Pendleton. We were working the height and weight station together. And goes back to my buddy Dura. Coach Maloney asked me, because I had just gotten the job, hadn't had it very long. He said, what's the biggest difference between being a head coach and assistant coach? And Coach Dura was standing there with us. And in the middle of the conversation, Coach Dura looked at his phone, turned around, and walked off. He didn't say bye. He didn't say see y'all later. I looked at Coach Maloney, and I said, that is the biggest difference between being an assistant coach and being a head coach. I said, because what you learn when you get in this chair is when I was, when I was at Clinton, my wife, my mama, and Coach Fountain were probably the three people that if they called, I was going to answer no matter what because I didn't know, you know, it could be – I knew it was something serious. Uh, well, now when you're a head coach, that list of three, it goes to eight, ten, twelve people that if they call, you got to answer the phone. And that, I told Coach Maloney then, I said, that, I said, that is one of the biggest differences and it's something you never think about until they got your number. And then it's like, okay, now we now – we, because you got superintendent, principal, assistant principal, assistant superintendents, uh, the the maintenance guys. I mean, cafeteria work. Everybody, everybody 
we'll call the head man. Got to put on a bunch of hats for sure. Uh, so, Coach, we'll kind of keep rolling, talking about you a little bit. Um, this is kind of our personal, not really bragging question, but we don't like guys to be super humble on this question. There's a reason why you're a head coach. Um, you know, it's not just because you've been in it long enough, right? So we've been asking everybody this. Uh, if you could hang your hat on being the best at one aspect of coaching, could be any aspect, what would it be? Um, that is a tough one. I mean, and I, I wrote that down and I, I put out besides you going to think on your feet because it, it's tough. It's it's tough to answer that and not talk about building relationships because everybody talks about that. As far as football, like actual coaching of the game, I've been very fortunate through my career that I have been able, and it's because of the kids, the kids that I've had, like like a Jake Williams, um, you know, kids a little bit undersized on the offensive line. I've always been fortunate to be able to get those kids to play a little above their heads. Uh, and it was part of it, believe it or not, when I interviewed at Clinton, I had already interviewed with Coach Fountain. I was interviewed for a teaching job. When you go for a teaching, a teaching interview at a football school, we spent about an hour long interview, probably talked about football for 45 minutes. And one of the questions they asked me was, how do you coach undersized offensive linemen? And I take it all the way back to, to Coach Littlejohn. I said, you know, you coach them all the same. Standard doesn't change for anybody. I don't care whether you're five, six or six, five. Um, and we've been able over the course of my career to be very fortunate and get a lot out of some undersized guys. Um, if I could hang my hat on anything, I, I would say it's been able to, uh, to get those kids to play as hard as they physically can and, and and maximize maximize their capabilities um and but all that comes back to having good kids man good high character kids that's why i love the offensive line because you're most of the time you're gonna get your high character high motor you know they don't run real fast but they can go real fast for three yards and that's what you know that's kind of what you want but Again, that just goes back to having good, coachable kids. Now, Coach, Coach Ben, now hold on a second. Now, I, listen, I grew up in Union South. I ain't never seen no small linemen at Gaffney High School. <laughs> well, I, well, I didn't. I haven't been coaching the Gaffney offensive line. I've been coaching the Clinton offensive line the last four years. Well, no, I'm talking about when you said uh, you went back to Coach Little John when he oh, said something well, about coaching them all the same. Well, Coach Little John coached. He coaches them all the same, regardless of talent level. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, we had some – all right, look at Coach Strickland's son. Tommy's not very big. Uh, now, they – he did a good job of hiding them amongst the huge <laughs> Yeah, no, that's for sure. But Clinton, Clinton's the same way. They were double tight wishbone for 100 years, and we showed up and couldn't find a tight end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So no, we, that's, a, that's a different story over there. I remember playing against them back in the day, and they might not have been real big, but they, they would get after it for sure. Well, they, they still got that kind of kid, and it's uh, – it showed up the last couple of years on tape, uh, but no, it's just keeping that standard the same and not letting not letting them lay it, not letting them hang their hats on their own excuses. You got to you got to get rid of that. Um, and I've been fortunate and had some really good some really good ones over the years that played above their heads. I mean, 
uh, last year at Clinton, our right guard, Quavius Dendy, he probably five, six, five, seven, 200 pounds, little round ball, but he was the player. He was the county player of the week when we beat Lawrence County Championship Week. We got all these dudes everywhere, Bryson James, all these great backs, you know, and the player of the week was the smallest offensive lineman. Um, so, I mean, that he's he's another example of just undersized and played hard. You get them little, you get them smaller ones, big ankle biters, and they'll uh, they'll make some lanes for you. It's uh, it's all about. I I kind of have a similar answer to you, Coach. It really spoke to me. Uh, it's taking whatever your job, whatever your aspect in that football program, take it to the ceiling. Right? Um, that's huge to me. I feel like that's a huge mark as a coach because you can't. You know, you can't coach talent, right? Everybody says you can't coach talent, you can't coach effort to an extent. But as a coach, a mark you need to have on wherever you are is you taking those kids to the ceiling, right? If he's 5'7", 200, and he's playing left guard or whatever it may be, you need to take that kid to the ceiling instead of just saying, ah, he's undersized. He ain't going to be worth crap. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We had um, our left tackle this past year at Clinton. Naeem May is one of the best I've ever coached. Naeem was – Slender man, he's six two, but he was two hundred pounds. He was two hundred pounds, soaking wet with rocks in his pocket. And at a lot of schools, he was a tight end, but he was an honorable mention All State tackle for us and a two time All Region player uh, on the offensive line. And uh, you know, he he had a great high school career. And, uh, you know, now I mean, I've been I've been lucky too. Now I hadn't they ain't all been like that. Peyton Pitts is playing at Clemson now. He's six six, two ninety five. Uh, but you very rarely, if ever, have five of them like that. So you better be able to coach the ones that don't look like that. Coaching coaching them big, super talented ones is, is you can really get in the weeds and you can get you can get you can get really as detailed as you want with kids like that. But the the ones you better be able to coach are the other four and make sure they're getting off the rock. Absolutely, coach. So we got Plenty of time here as far as recording, so let's go ahead and jump into our overtime here. Um, Just to remind everybody about our YCA podcast, we always have a little overtime no matter how short or long the podcast is going to be. Normally we ask this, we send out a little outline to these guys ahead, and we give them a little bit of a script. Um, We really hope people throw some impromptus at Coach Willis and myself. Um, But also, you know, Coach can bring up really any topic he wants. It doesn't have to be a question, so – Coach Bennett, you ready for overtime? You got something for us? I I got one that might stir some hornets. Uh oh. Are y'all ready? Sure. All Let's right. Get it. Both of y'all, both of y'all hand hand, right? We coach yes, sir. We, we coach Mylon Turner. Great guy. Love him to death, rooting for him. Being because you gotta remember, I'm from Gaffney. It's a two high school district. I've been at Clinton the last four years, one high school district. I'm in 96 now, one high school district. What are some things that y'all do that you think separates you with the new staff that separates you from the surrounding schools? Because y'all are in a much different situation than we are. What is special about the Hanahan Hawks? Coach Willis, you want me to go first or you? I don't care. Yeah, go, go for it, host. You got it, big dog. Yeah, so 
I'm not trying to deflect um, any kind of praise or anything like this, Coach Bennett, but I would say the difference is, and just for perspective, Coach Bennett knows exactly um, kind of what our situation is down here. We have nine different high schools um, in our district, all different types of population size. Um, everybody really hates on the low country as far as resources. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's resources that really take us above and beyond right now, Coach Bennett. I would say it's our administration. Uh, Principal Gallus down here, he's a former football coach, and what he's done with Coach Turner is just kind of let him after it. I mean, really put his trust in that guy and really just open it up for Coach Turner to do what he needs to do. I mean, he's not out here, like, murdering people to open up staff positions. But, I mean, what he's what he's done, you know, has just been amazing. So from the start, you know, the start of the process with Coach Willis and myself taking these positions, I mean, it's – it's been nothing but great, right? Um, of course, we've had to put in the work, but there isn't the excuse of like, oh, you know, admin won't let us do this or admin isn't giving coach this teaching spot or, you know what I mean? So I think it starts from the top. And I think that's as far as you talk about separates. Um, I know for a fact, you know, Principal Gallus is very invested in our football program, very invested. And not only our football program, but athletics as well. To where, to be honest with you, just looking from the outside in, I don't think every admin is aligned with the athletic program like that. So I would say that's the biggest thing that is separating us right now is our leadership is on board and Coach Turner is getting after it. I mean, he's an absolute madman. Um, great guy. He spent a lot of time in Georgia at a lot of different high schools and his experience, he's got a wealth of knowledge at you know the highest level at 6-7A and also down there at 1A as well. So. I would say those are the couple things, just our leadership. Coach Willis, you got anything to add? Yeah, I mean, uh, just to kind of couple, you know, some things with that, I, I agree 100% with what Coach Fields is saying. Um, another thing that I know is the the Hanahan community is a, is a pretty involved community when it comes to their athletics. Um, so, like, we do have nine high schools in our school district, but I can, you know, pretty confidently say that, that all nine high schools don't have the same support from their the community now berkeley berkeley high school was one that has a lot of support from their community um and i would i would couple that with hanahan as having a lot of support and not only just for football but i mean just for athletics in general um and hanahan is notorious for being you know an academic type school with good sports that that kind of pair with that so you know, like like Coach Field said, you know, I think that Mr. Gallus knows kind of what he's got. He, he knows that he's in a community that cares about athletics as well as academics, and I think that he knows now that we have a head football coach that will that will, you know, burn the midnight oil and get out there and and, and do what he's got to do to you know raise money and get people involved that need to be involved and stuff like that. So. You couple that with what uh, the community that we have and how supportive they are and how much they care, I, I think it's it's something that kind of separates it from other schools around here. I'm gonna text Coach Turner and tell him y'all did a good job. Uh, I think I think a lot. I think a lot of. I have to call him Coach Milan Turner because when I say Coach Turner, people think I'm talking about Jet Turner. But uh, Coach Turner down there at Hanahan's doing a. He's doing a phenomenal job and. and I think he's gonna he's gonna be pretty successful, uh, and I look no pressure on y'all, but I look forward to be pretty quick. Uh, that's 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 good because I've been I've been in Richland too, and I've been in Greenville County. I've been in the bigger school districts, and uh, I know it's it's different. 
you know, it's different than it is coaching in small town football. Uh, whereas you Gaffneys, you Unions, you Clinton's, the, the, they roll the sidewalks up at 7.30 on Friday night. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole whole lot of competition for eyes down there uh, in that area. But that's that's good. That's good. Y'all are in a real good spot. You got support administration. You can do a whole lot of good. Absolutely. And I mean, you could really, we could talk about this for hours, coach. You really are poking the hornet's nest, man. Like, and we do have some people um, that, you know, all it is is complain about it, right? But if you choose to be in this situation in this area, you need to get after it, man. I mean, we can sit here and complain, 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 but you got to say good and move on, right? And coach That's what you got. I mean, you know, change your situation in the off season, but if you're not going to do that, then stick it out and take it to the ceiling, whatever it is. And thankfully at Hanahan, we've got a pretty high ceiling and a lot of support around us. Um, Coach, we'll kind of get you out on this one. I've been asking, you know, all of our interviewees this as well. If you could give, let's just say one piece of advice. So if you've got one piece of advice for an expiring coach to get in a situation like you are now, what you got for us? Well, it's a, I think it is. It's one piece of advice, but it's got an end in it, so it's technically two things. Be a sponge and travel. And what that means, it means whatever you want it to mean as far as be a sponge. But for my myself, even though, you know, we're in, at Clinton, we're in that pistol wing T world, and, that, and that's what we're doing here at 96. You know, I've coached in the double wing. I've coached in split back beer. I've coached in 10 personnel spread basketball on grass you know air raid stuff be a sponge and learn as much ball as you can flip over to the defensive side if you're an offensive guy and and try to sit down with coaches that know a lot about what you don't know and try to pick their brain and travel i think i think you're cheating yourself a little bit if you stay where you're from and stay there your whole career. If you if you if you're serious about the the coaching thing, I think I think you need to get out and, and get out of your comfort zone. Cause I mean, even though I was only down there a year, I can tell you going to living in Columbia and coaching down there, it's helped me. Um being in Green living in Greenville and coaching in Greenville County, it's helped me. Um uh getting getting out and seeing how other people do things. Go watch another team practice. Reach out to a head coach that's not in your region or not in your classification and see if you can go watch them practice. If you like the way, like if you see a team on film, you're like, man, I don't like the way they do things. I'm going to see if I can go sit down with them and go watch practice. You know, I I, I go back to Jason Tone. You know, I, I try to go to Hannah every offseason and we sit down and we watch each other's tape. I also like to go over there and watch them practice in the spring because it is fascinating to watch. I call it the machine, just to see the machine work when they got, you know, 200 kids out there and, and you know, but there's always something you can learn by going somewhere else. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being a hometown boy. I get that. But even if you're going to do that, go out and see other people. If, if you're just in a situation where you're never going to leave your, your hometown, go see other people. Don't get bogged down in the most dangerous phrase in the world, which is this is the way we've always done it. 
can't say anything but to echo that, man. Be a sponge, travel, see it. Um, like Coach said, leave from where you're from and check it out. There, There's 17 million ways to skin a cat, right? Um, there's many different ways to be successful. Of course, the core values need to be similar, but as far as scheme or how you run practice or weight room or whatever it be, you need to see how other people do it. Uh, so, guys, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Coach Bennett has been awesome. We appreciate you coming on, man. Um, we are excited to all get together in that – I think it's that Tuesday of the All Sports Clinic in Greenville and get a, get a chance to meet you guys face-to-face and maybe do a little roundtable after and have a good time. So, we appreciate you, Coach. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I love what you're doing. Um, I probably won't listen to this episode because I won't hear myself talk, but I'll, I'll keep listening to the rest. I can't wait to hear uh, what the rest of the 35 guys, under 35 guys have to say. Absolutely. Absolutely, Coach. Yeah, Coach, appreciate you, man, and, and we'll get you back on here for sure. We definitely would like to get on and, and talk some more stuff with you for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you just let me know, man. I'm uh, I'm here a lot, so, you know, carve out some time. <laughs> I appreciate it, Coach. It's been a blast having you on, and we'll definitely hit you up with a two-minute, okay? He was asking about that two-minute drill. He's a true listener, so we're going to have to get one with Coach Bennett. Yes, sir. I love it. All right, guys. We'll move on, and we'll get to our next interview soon. All right. That's all we've got for today's episode of the YCA Podcast. Thanks for listening, and make sure you go to Spotify and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter at YCA underscore podcast. Follow, like, retweet, and share the YCA podcast, and feel free to send questions or content ideas you'd like to be covered in the future. Thanks again for listening. This is Cam Willis signing off. Until next time, see you.